The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Ron Henning Hockey, and we're here with another episode of the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast. And I'm very happy to welcome as our guest today, Dr. Lucas Timms. And Dr. Timms, thank you so much for being on again. And what are we talking about today? Thanks, Dr. Ron. Um, today, I believe we're going to be diving into all things cancer prevention. Aha. Uh-huh. So... Isn't it, aren't the statistics staggering like one in two or one in 2.2 people will get cancer in their lives? That's, that's talking to most of our audience. And so that's talking to all of them and, or if not them, their, their loved one. Yeah. And if things keep getting worse, I mean, that, that statistic's going to get worse unless people start thinking about what they can do in their own lives to prevent this disease. This, this, this cancer disease strikes terror in people's hearts, but what can we do to help people understand that they can take action to markedly reduce their risk for, for cancer? Yeah, I think that's, um, that's essentially the message is that we, um, we want people to not feel paralyzed by these statistics, but more of a call to action and helping them realize that there are things they can do and steps they can take and habits they can build that will, you know, reduce a lot of that risk. But where, where we're seeing, I think the, sh- the major shift is, you know, for years and years, I think we've all kind of accepted sort of the basics of cancer prevention, you know, keep a healthy weight, uh, don't smoke, limit alcohol, try to exercise most days, you know, eat a diverse amount of fruits and vegetables. Those are kind of the basics now. And I think that we've gotten to the point of needing additional layers of awareness and prevention uh, to deal with all the other ways in which we're getting, you know, exposed to things that drive cancer in our body. And so that's where I think we're needing to further the conversation is, yeah, it's like, okay, we need everybody doing the basics, which we still don't have people doing the basics, which that's important. But you and I are seeing people that are coming to us that are, that have done the basics and they're still getting cancer. That's the scary thing is I have a lot of patients say like, well, they'll come with breast cancer and say, I, I don't get it. I, I don't have a family history. I've been careful about what I eat. I don't smoke. I don't do these things that we normally associate. And yet I still got the cancer. Uh, right. 
now that's where we can kind of get into some nuances. And I just want to introduce the word that everyone knows very well, and that's uh, stress. Stress seems to be a, a risk factor for cancer. Now, it comes in a lot of different nuances, just not sleeping very well. Maybe that's, right. a, that's a consequence of stress. There's very clear research now that sleep deprivation or, or, or people who work shifts, shift work, that people are talking about that as a carcinogen. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's not necessarily always things that we're uh, putting in our body. It's sometimes things that our body is not getting. Yeah. It's the lack of things. It's the lack of, you know, good uh, balance, circadian rhythm, sleep cycles. Okay. You know, uh, it's, it's not just how much you sleep. It's when you sleep, it's how, the quality of the sleep. Um, some people think they sleep great all night, but you know, as we've been able to do more sleep science and study into the, into the vast arena that is sleep and how that affects our body, we found that there's a lot of components to it that matter. Um, and making sure that you don't have, you know, disturbances, whether you, whether you're aware of them or not throughout the night, whether that's, you know, things like sleep apnea or light disturbances or EMFs in the room or things like that. And, and then matching our sleep cycles to the, the, the way that nature kind of intends us to be in terms of the sun and, and moon and, and not, day and night cycles. We want to match those as much as possible. And things like you said, like shift work and, you know, the fact that just our world is always on 24 seven, everything now, um, it, it kind of is really causing a problem for a lot of people with their sleep. Yeah. That sleep apnea, basically people are starving for oxygen during the night, several times, hundreds of times, sometimes during the night. And it's low oxygen that actually initiates the cells shifting towards the cancer metabolism, the lack of oxygen, hypoxia. Right. And so that's that's a very clear cut one. But but again, people don't realize oftentimes that they're having sleep apnea. And so they they need to be uh, aware of it and, and think about, you know, why am I waking up tired? Why am I waking up with a dry mouth? Why do I keep falling asleep during the day? Well, go get checked to see whether or not because now they have really pretty simple home tests that you can yeah. you can you can figure that one out. Yeah, it's way less, uh, you know, uh, there's way less pieces to it now and you can do them at home and you can even get devices now that can give you a pretty good idea of if you are having interrupted sleep, maybe not make the full diagnosis of sleep apnea, but you know, these, uh, these wearable devices, rings and watches and bands and stuff, you know, those are sometimes a good place for people to start as well. I, at the very least try to at least monitor and understand how you're sleeping and those those apps and, and devices are, you know, there's several of them out there and a lot of good ones. You know, uh, Dr. Dr. Timms, it really makes me think also about how one thing that's shifting now is how important for it, it is for us to take back our own self-responsibility for thinking about these kinds of things and taking action because a lot of times we think of cancer prevention as our go get our colonoscopy. Well, of course, that's, that's a good thing. Yes. And, uh, you know, don't smoke, but, but these nuanced things that we're bringing up here today, people need to be aware that they carry, uh, a big 
part of the responsibility for making decisions in favor of better health. So a lot of people say, well, yeah, I want to be healthier. Good. So what are the little things that you can do? Like if we shift here, where we're talking uh, about sleep, uh, something that everyone knows is a factor in cancer is diet. And mm. what are some of the things that people can change in their diet that doesn't necessarily have to be overly dramatic? You don't have to become a vegetarian. You don't have to do coffee enemas. What do we need to do as uh, responsible people who want to maintain our health in terms of our diet? Yeah, I think the answer there is pretty clear in terms of what are the low hanging fruit? And that's, you know, re reduce your intake of junk food. And when I say junk food, I think everybody kind of knows what I'm talking about. We're talking about pro ultra processed foods, yeah. which are what you get at the fast food joints in the drive throughs uh, even a lot of the, you know, sit down restaurants, I would consider that junk food. Um, and then the stuff that you buy in the middle of the grocery store, you know, all the things in the boxes and the bags and the packages. Uh, if it didn't come straight from the earth, it's processed to some extent. And now there's some minimally processed stuff that we're not too worried about, but the more processed we get, the more carcinogenic and the more disease promoting we see those types of foods. And so, you know, limiting your intake of junk food, um, sodas, processed foods, processed sugars, um, processed meats. These are where we see the biggest signals in the data in terms of uh, increasing your risk for many different types of cancer. Um, beyond that, you know, I don't know. I think there's enough evidence to say that we're likely overeating as a, as a society. Uh, I think some, you know, getting back to some of our natural practices in terms of fasting, uh, is, is probably, you know, and again, that's, that's not, I don't know. Some people wouldn't consider that a diet, uh, uh, approach, but I do, I, I even not eating, I think can be, can be a diet approach. And so, uh, we try to get patients doing more therapeutic fasting and there's lots of different ways to do fasting. Um, I don't know if we have the time with this podcast to go into all the different uh, types of fasting that's out there, but some form of fasting, giving your body that break from uh, expending all the energy that's required to digest food and allowing those resources to be used for a, a cleanup. I call it a self clean cycle, kind of like you hit that button on your, on your oven every once in a while to clean it out that's essentially what we're getting a lot of times with those fasting states. And so prolonging those periodically can be helpful. Um, and then I think trying to incorporate a diverse and a diverse variety of plant-based foods as well. And, and, and focusing on uh, fiber and nutrient dense foods uh, uh, is probably going to clean up the rest of, of what most people need to be doing. Yeah. I think it's taking ownership of the fact that, you are the chooser. You are the one that's going to, uh, either you or your spouse or your family, you're going to be making conscious choices in the direction of everything you've just said. Mm -hmm. And and even to the point like uh, we are now cooking a lot more at home than we used to. And yeah. we, we feel like, hey, we know what we're buying, the colorful vegetables. We're preparing at lower heats. We're using the right oils. There's a lot of bad oils out there. You want to use the monosaturated fats are really good. Uh, you know, more salads and things like that. It's that ownership of taking care, better care of myself in the realm of diet and food. And uh, yes. 
So that this 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 is a big part of it. And so, uh, what about? I think we've we've talked about toxicity. Uh, just and obviously, cigarette smoking is an awful. That's a that's a self chosen horrible toxicity. Sure. And I realize for some people, it's it's tough to stop, but uh, it's worth continuing to focus on that. But what are some of the more subtle toxic like awareness of toxins? How do we? How can people become more aware? Of, of the toxins in their environment and make changes that way. This is where I think, you know, it's, this is a really tricky one for a lot of people. And um, it, I think it requires a ton of um, educating yourself and also may require, you know, making some really hard decisions on your daily habits. And why I say that is because I don't think most people are aware how many chemicals we're exposed to yeah. on a daily basis. Um, between the air we're breathing, the water we choose to drink, the food that we're eating, and then all of the personal care products um, in terms of beauty products, cosmetics, shower items, uh, deodorants, lotions, uh, you know, over-the-counter meds that we're taking maybe for allergies, stuff like that. These things are all, they're, they're not just like, those didn't get plucked out of the earth somewhere. They're not natural. They're, they all require some sort of usually preservatives or some type of uh, chemical to, to stabilize those products. You know, there's a reason why you can leave a thing, a deodorant in your, in your drawer for a yeah. few months and it still looks the same, Yeah, you know? And then, and so we're, we're starting to discover that, these products are inherently toxic, right? And, and then we're also finding that a lot of these products are further contaminated through the processing, you know, of that, and that there's a really a, a lack of, of regulation around that. I mean, I think a lot of people just, you know, ignorance is bliss and they want to think that these regulatory agencies are looking out for us and the EPA would never let enough chemicals in these products to really cause harm that's not the case. And you really have to be an informed consumer. And, and at the end of the day, you have to take, like you said, ownership for the products that you're using. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Live On Labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. LiveOn uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit LiveOn Labs. That's L-I-V-O-N Labs.com. Yeah, like just taking the whole concept of estrogen and estrogen-like products. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only do you find it in actually people cons you know, taking too much estrogen, and so right. even hormone replacement therapy, I'm, I'm working more and more with patients who are on that to get the least possible dose that does the job. And I'm having those people eat more cruciferous vegetables, more DIM-containing foods this is to help them better uh, protect themselves from uh, estrogenic compounds. But then there's plastics. And then there's uh, a lot of the facial creams that you were mentioning that those are those contain estrogens. Um, Endocrine disrupting chemicals. There you go, that's it. That's, that's the term, you'll see it. The acronym EDCs, 
and these are a whole family of chemicals, like you said, plastics, plasticizers, um, PFAs, all kinds of things that can disrupt and almost mimic estrogen in the body. And we're not talking about the good estrogen that, you know, protects your bones and your heart right. and makes your hair nice. We're talking about the carcinogenic forms of estrogen. Yeah. So just being aware along that line. Yeah. What about shifting again? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are buying into exercise and, and moving yeah. their body around. Uh, I was surprised to find out that exercise may even be more important than food. I mean, of course, they're all important, but uh, some people rank it a little higher. Why is exercise so important and how does it prevent cancer? Well, I think there's a number of you know known mechanisms and probably even some that we don't know yet, but you know, I think it, it, at its truest form, like our, our bodies are designed to move. And when it comes to toxicities and things like that, yeah. our bodies are designed to filter out a lot of crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so oftentimes uh, what we're doing is we're not assisting the body's ability to detoxify and move that stuff because a lot of our lymphatic system, which is really our waste removal system in the body that requires muscle contractions and movement and circulation and all that, those things that you get when you exercise, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, boot camp style exercise, but you got to move your body, get your heart rate up a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that that helps to clean out uh, a lot of this stuff that can kind of build up and fester. And, you know, cause like I said, our bodies are designed to deal with a lot of this. It's just when it becomes too much and we are not uh, doing the, the regular practices to help it clean itself. Exercise does a couple other things too. Like uh, it's a way of reducing stress and we haven't really hit stress quite so much, but if you, if you get into a daily exercise program, you're going to be less stressed. You're going to burn off some of the stress that you feel. You're going to oxygenate your bodies better because you're breathing deeper. Um, a lot of people you're more likely you're more likely to utilize glucose in your muscles rather than store it and, and create more fat in the body as well. Yeah. Yeah. With exercise. So exercise is just again, it's our day to day routine. I think when people are saying, well, what can I do to prevent cancer? Well, look at your day. You know, what mm -hmm. time do you go to bed? What time do you get up? How do you feel when you get up? What do you, do you drink water when you get up? Are you, are you adequately hydrated? What kind of foods are you going to eat? Are you making a decision to intermittent fast that morning? Uh, every little choice that you're making throughout the day is really an opportunity to help take better care of yourself, which little by little reduces your risk. And over time you live longer and you live better. So it's really along the line of what I tell cancer patients. If you make the right decisions to get over your cancer, you'll be healthier than you've ever been. If you make the right decisions to prevent cancer, you'll be healthier than you've ever been. But yeah. you just have to make yeah, those decisions. That. I think, you know, to me, what's I think has become more clear is that um, as, you know, I think, there was a time ago in the past where we didn't have to think so much and, and make so many decisions about our health because of the way that we lived a little more connected and harmonious with nature. A lot of these things were built into our lifestyle. 
Uh, it's only when we've seen the, the sort of industrial age and all the modern conveniences where we actually have to do a ton to offset now. And we have to think about it actively as prevention rather than just being, which I think there was a time when, you know, when, when, you know, if you just, you know, did the things that you need to, to survive as a human in, in concert with nature, a lot of that stuff gets built in, but now it's much more of a, we have to be aware. We have to have certain daily practices that connect us to nature, that get our body back to working the way it's designed to work and avoiding all the extra clutter that's out there and all the toxins that, uh, that are just, you know, increasingly, uh, um, you know, sort of multiplying out there in our, in our daily environment. So medical care by and large is somewhat passive where you go to the medical system, the doctor, whoever, and you're, you're tested, you're done too. You get a woman would get a pap smear or a mammogram, a male would get a prostate exam or a PSA. This is all kind of things that are passive. And, and it's not to say that early detection isn't a good idea. It's a good idea. And don't, don't, don't forget it. But on the other hand, what we're talking about here is a greater degree of involvement on the part of each one of us in our own unique cancer prevention program, use, utilizing these ideas of how we can learn how to take better care of ourselves. And last but not least, and probably most, you know, most of our stress, you know, we, I think we can pretty much agree that stress is a major factor in cancer disease. How are we taking care of each other? You know, our families, mm. our, 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 our jobs, you know, are we creating, are we creating stress for other people, let alone for ourselves? And uh, are we, are we going to make a change in our attitudes towards how we treat our compatriots, our coworkers, our family, not only for the sake of just being a, a good human being, but because we now know that when you're really highly stressed and not connected with people, that disconnectedness, that's a cancer risk too. Yeah. Just another one of these, you know, ways in which stress uh, hits the body. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that human beings are, um, we are social beings. Yeah. We are meant to, you know, be parts of tribes and, and communities. I think we're meant to have purpose we're meant to be loved and to give love to other people. Um, and I think that's, we, we've, our modern society has also pulled us away from those types of things. And, you know, the more we dive into technology, I think the more we pull away from commute, true community, uh, even though some people find a lot of community through online platforms and social media, I just don't feel like that's really a replacement for being, being in someone's, you know, physical space. Uh, it's like, it's almost like trying to, you know, spend time in nature by watching, you know, National Geographic on your TV. It's like, it's not the same. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think we need to get back to those things. And, you know, that might be at the most basic, you know, root of, of, of a lot of chronic disease is just um, how we're living our lives. We're, we're getting farther and farther away from the way I think humans are supposed to be living their lives. And like I said, in community with loving relationships, having a sense of purpose, um, and being fulfilled and, 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 and receiving and giving love. Cancer is a disease, but it's also kind of a metaphor of the fact that we're losing aspects of what it means to be human. And, and these, 
the, everything that we've talked about on this program are like cancers mm. that are uh, eating away at the quality of our life and the meaningfulness that we can bring to our lives. And so there's, there's a spiritual dimension here, a holistic dimension that I think is really important in terms of not only taking better care of yourself, but learning how to take better care of those around you and how to care for our, our planet, you know, our environment. These all represent cancerous areas that we can make changes for the better and, and thereby reduce our own personal risk, but also the risk of uh, all earthly uh, travelers. So, Well said. Well, I think we've gotten pretty philosophical there. But I'll tell you what, if you, if, you, if you aren't philosophical about this, it'll overwhelm you with fear. And I don't think fear is the answer to prevention, preventing cancer. I think it's uh, being open and being willing to learn and take charge of these areas. So, Dr. Timms, thank you so much for these, uh, these thoughts. And I hope our, our audience is going to go away uh, with a sense of more control and more hope that uh, we don't have to make this statistic worse and worse. Maybe we can be part of a generation where that begins to turn around as, as we take better care of ourselves and our, our families and our, our planet. Couldn't agree more. I think this is, you know, if anything, it's just a call to action and a call to awareness. And if you're not doing those basics that we discussed, you know, start there. But if you're doing the basics, I think there's need to, to take a few extra uh, additional steps with some of these other things we've discussed today. And so, you know, just get started. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just about getting started and taking action. So uh, if you don't know where to start, maybe give us a call. Check out the reardonclinic.org. Uh, we, we have a lot of really good information on how people can take better care of themselves and take charge of their life and their health. So. Thank you again, and thank you everyone for listening in, and we'll be back the next time with the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.